Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. Everywhere. Hello, Facebook. Hello, Instagram. Hello over on LinkedIn as well. And welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 159. Great to see everyone. And um, got a stack of questions from people this week on our topic, which is how to generate inbound leads. And it's quite interesting because everyone has their own kind of way of looking at the world. So their questions have come from many different directions, really. So it's really good to see this. I'm just going to do the uh, the usual uh, housekeeping on all the platforms in front of me. But whilst I'm doing that, as you're watching, please do uh, put in the comments where you're watching from. So if you're uh, whereabouts you're based, but also in there, put hashtag team live or team replay based on if you're watching live or obviously if this is a replay a bit later on. There's a few announcements today as well including uh, the winner of a competition from my entrepreneur uh, business group over in Facebook. Uh, also uh, a bit more detail on very exciting developments related to uh, events uh, in the coming few days and weeks as well so hope you can uh, tune in for that. But if you have a question and you've not already submitted it on uh, this topic um, of of uh, of uh, inbound leads for your business, then do post something into the comments, and uh, I will make sure I uh, jump on there as soon as I possibly can and uh, answer it for you. That's enough of the housekeeping. Good. It looks like we're all live and working nicely. So, hello everyone. So the first that's, that's me kind of tuning back into the room to my autopilot up until this point. Um, if you're on uh, IGTV later on, shout out to you. Thank you very much for watching that. They seem to be doing really well actually. So. Uh, this is obviously live on Instagram, but that's that's essentially like an Instagram story, which means it, it dies after 24 hours. So uh, the IGTV version is on there uh, for those stragglers who pick it up a bit later on. Uh, also, thank you everyone for watching the podcast. I love this. I think I think at the moment um, uh, iTunes is winning. So that gets the most uh, listens of the podcast. And I'm pretty sure SoundCloud is in a reasonably close second, actually. So it's quite an interesting one. Uh, thanks, everyone, for um, listening there and continuing to do so. Um, firstly, I have to do a shout out to my man, Raf Barron, over in Nottingham. Uh, he is running our first non-London UK entrepreneur business live event tomorrow. So this is the first one. Uh, I won't be there, but he will be. Uh, let me just chew my um, microphone in here with Facebook. So I will be um, watching the live stream that kicks off at 6 p.m. Uh, uh, UK time, which is what, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, he will be speaking alongside uh, Kieran Bailey uh, and the marvelous Rachel Chang will be streaming live all the way from over in um, in Dallas. So um, we're very excited about that. The focus or the topic of that event uh, tomorrow will be um, on resourcefulness in startups. And it is a free event, free to attend. Uh, we're supporting the Brun Bear Foundation. My friend um, Edwin Lampert, who I met at a LinkedIn local youth earlier this year. Uh, thank you to Andrew uh, Griffiths. Um, we uh, we got together, and he's actually his charity is being supported. So anyone who attends Entrepreneur Business Live will donate ten pounds per head to the Brun Bear B R U N Brun Bear um, uh, Foundation. So wonderful one working with uh, medical research and other such like uh, wonderful uh, ideas uh, around children. Um, so that will be on tomorrow. Uh, if you can't make it, which is fine because it's up in Nottingham, not everyone lives there. 
um, you can watch the live stream in the Entrepreneur Business Group in Facebook. Simply go to Facebook, type Entrepreneur Business Group. It is that as the URL, but it will come top of your search. And if you join the group, you'll be able to watch, in fact, all of our live streams. So every single event uh, you can see live, no problem um, uh, in the group, completely free. So I'll be really ex excited to uh, watch that and hopefully you can join me. Uh, other notices, uh, there's a couple more events coming up. So we're going to have M Melbourne round two is... Um, TBC, but it looks like it'll be 5th of September with June I hosting that uh, down in Australia. So our second one over there. Next year, we're looking to start moving a lot towards Far Eastern uh, events. I'm excited about the likes of uh, Singapore, Hong Kong and China. Um, and then after that in um, September, I'm very excited because Barcelona comes back on the 18th of September. Uh, so I'll be I'll be over there and then on September 26th, this is the big announcement for you. A lot of people know this already, uh, but it'll be, it's now, uh, tickets are available, um, is a big, big event on the East Coast. We've been running uh, New York, uh, we've done two so far this year. We're going to be doing another one uh, in October. Uh, however, I oh, know November in fact, um, but uh, we'll be running on the 26th of September, Miami with speaking Shani Moray. So I'm phenomenally pleased myself for getting uh, her to uh, agree to speak. So Shani Moray is speaking. I will be there too. And uh, some little known video creator you may have come across on LinkedIn called Shay Robottom. Uh, the three of us will be there in person and speaking about video content for businesses. So join Entrepreneur Business Live uh, Miami right there. In addition, uh, we are sponsored by uh, Massage by Pro from Carolina Mankowski and also uh, Andrew Helms' marvellous um, video production company, Feral Flicks as well. So thank you very much, you two businesses so far uh, for making it happen. By the way, if you ever want to sponsor any of these events, given they get a lot of visibility, do let us know. Uh, just ping me a message or an email, richard at therichardmore.com and uh, we will talk. But uh, excited to see that one rolling out. Let me just check my volume is off on the laptop. Should we ask and answer some questions? You're watching and, uh, and listening to me give you notices. Um, I will announce the winner of the $50 um, prize from the Entrepreneur Business Group a little uh, later on after a couple of questions. But we'll start with uh, a question here from Mary Williams, uh, who's asked, Richard, when your business is you, how do you sell without selling? So firstly, you should know this any, well, this is something to think about anyway, regardless of it's you or something else. Selling without selling, what I think you, you really mean is, because we still want to close deals, is without being salesy. And it's fascinating that almost every single time that I jump into uh, interviews or podcasts or whatever with um, people who are, are asking me about sales, the thing that stands out is that they're asking questions like, how do we come across in a way that's not too salesy? That's something we really want to avoid as much as possible. And I totally get that. Um, the key is to remember, especially if the business is you, and, so, and in this case, it might be more of a lifestyle brand. Maybe you're a public figure. Perhaps you're promoting yourself as a speaker against a particular uh, topic or some kind of thought leader. I completely understand. Um, the idea here, Mary, is to leverage your personality. And this is difficult for some because some people will say, well, but I'm not charismatic. I'm not an extrovert. I find that difficult. It's cool. Because you've got, you've won the lottery with all of the, um, the the marketing behind this. Because the bottom line is, there are always some people out there who will like your stuff, who will dig you, who thinks you're awesome. And if that's the case, you just got to go find them. The good news is you can just 
be yourself you know you just come across in the way you want to come across uh this is episode 159 of this every week i'm pretty much the same guy i don't really change myself i'm not putting on an act i'm just being richard moore and what what certainly is the case is that those that seem to like my stuff but also like the personality whatever seem to stick around those that think i'm an idiot they don't really bother simple as that and so it's so important so important to make sure that you are broadcasting yourself if you're not a video person Cool. So focus on making sure you're coming through in, in text or in good images and things like that. You know, your kind of vibe should resonate through your content. So to sell without selling, if you really, really have a problem with it, you, you, I get that a lot of people want to push back on this. The way to do it, the way to do it is to simply say to yourself, if I can be compelling enough through content, then what can happen is that people's curiosity or human curiosity is the thing I'll be leveraging really. And being compelling enough means that people are gonna think, this person's interesting, or I like that bit of content, who are they exactly? Or they don't, and after it takes five or six pieces of content to get there. But when you do, you move to a wonderful place where people are saying, who's this person? Hang on, they've got a website. Hang on, oh, they've got a product I happen to want. The thing is you won't sell everyone, but if you make yourself exciting and interesting enough, or you, you talk about valuable things enough, you move to a place where hundreds, if not thousands of people a month are starting to check you out. Some of them, some of them will like you. And some of that group of people will like you and coincidentally need to buy something right now. And that is how you can completely work inbound, okay? And your job is to consistently be compelling and valuable that enough people go in the top of the funnel that sufficient come out and keep you going, okay? Obviously, a more, ex uh, not, not necessarily more exciting, that's subjective, but a, a, an interesting play on that is to not just do inbound, but to look at where the opportunities are and start engaging with people so a little bit more outbound, you can close more and go from there. But certainly, these people starting to show an interest in your content are your first leads. They're the people who may manually close, may close themselves rather uh, organically, or you in turn can do so manually. That's a really important way to looking at it. So great question, Murray, and that, that's what I would strongly suggest. You build this community around you of people who are keen on your topic in the same way as you show up each week for a particular program uh, or film or whatever, or uh, episode on Netflix, you know at that time, on that date, it's Orange is the New Black or, you know, Stranger Things or whatever you're watching. You know that things, you're watching because you know what you're gonna get. You put on that CD because you're listening to that band because you're in that mood for that particular type of music, right? So it's the same here. People will tune in for you because they want their dose of you and the stuff you talk about. It's as simple as that. And, and that's why your signal, as I constantly say, has to be very pure. You have to talk about your thing. You have to share or have an ecosystem about your thing because otherwise it's confusing. Imagine if you show up one week for that episode of Stranger Things, you really wanna know what happens, and it's like they're doing arts and crafts 
you know, like a show and tell how to do arts and crafts like you have for your children watching on daytime TV. It's like, what's going on here makes no sense. So don't confuse the audience. Be a show, be a channel, be something that people show up for. That really makes a big difference. Okay, so great question to kick us off. Thanks a lot, Mary. I uh, do want to do some shout outs here. Uh, uh, Jay Recessor <laughs> on the Instagram. Nice to see you. Peppers and Olives, good to see you here. Isaac Instructor Zin. Malin Viola, nice to see you. Uh, good to meet you again uh, recently. Uh, Ikarin Nakyaka, hello there as well. Uh, the Merchant Traveller, Timbo Brown, great to hang out with you the other day after Entrepreneur Business Live London, one year anniversary, and I uh, hope you're well. Uh, yeah, over on Facebook, yes, Carolina, we have a date for Miami, indeed, the 26th of um, of September. Uh, Victor Horcasitas is how I think you say your surname. Uh, I really can't wait to see you again in Barcelona on the 18th. 18th of September, we'll be supporting your charity, DTI. It's exciting to do that. Uh, Sushi Despond over in Singapore. We'll be with you next year. I'm looking forward to having a, an event there. And Laura Pendergast as well. Wonderful to have you here. You're such a consistent watcher. Thank you very much. Let's turn to LinkedIn, see if anyone's bothered to tune in. Yes, they have. Dozens and dozens of people. Marvellous. George Hughes, Team Live in London. Good to see you here. Uh, look out for George uh, and the company Small Films. Really excited by what he's doing there. The guys like XBBC, I believe, and so on, and does some really exciting documentaries. Excuse me, but I was part of his... Um, uh, small films, big interview series, 10 interviews uh, with uh, with people in London. So it was a very hot day in his loft conversion uh, kind of office in Shoreditch, I remember recently. Steve Sullivan, good to see you here. Emily Ann uh, Velia, wonderful to see you here from Florida. I hope you'll make uh, Entrepreneur Business Live on the 26th of September. Cassandra Wild, hello from Colorado. Craig Smith, hello to you from Wisconsin. Add to my million dollar platform, nice. Uh, Michelle Raymond, Team Live and Team UK. Good to see you here, thank you very much. Nice to see you, um, Omo Olway from Luxembourg. Nice to have the Europeans in house. It's always the US getting up early for this normally, so that's good to see. Linda Bjork from Sweden, more of course in Europe. Uh, Vincent Williams in Sweden as well. What's with the Swedish today? Marvellous. Uh, Mary Williams, have I missed the Q&A? No, I just answered your question. So hopefully you got that one. Emily Ann Velia, not yet Mari. <laughs> Emily Ann Velia, smiley face. Good, I could go through all these, couldn't I? Carolina Mankowski, happy to be a sponsor for Miami. Sheng N, where are you watching from? Hashtag I am toxic, hashtag cleanse me. Uh, and Reese Offens from, uh, sorry, Reese Thomas from Oxfordshire. More UK. I'm pleased with the European and UK representatives. Well done. Thank you, Evan, for coming in. Um, and I think what's cru crucial is that um, we recognise this is one of the things we're doing with these events as well. Entrepreneur Business Live, for me, is about building com a community like this one, right? I mention you guys by first name, half of that time we know each other, um, and throwing an event where there's hotbeds of this community, rather than being an O1 with a no community and building an event, then hoping people will come. It doesn't work that way round. So as a result, that's how we're already selling tickets. Essentially, people are asking to, to buy tickets for an event for events that haven't even been released yet. So a very positive start uh, to year two of Entrepreneur Business Live. I've just received a question here on LinkedIn. Reese Thomas from Oxford, Oxfordshire, of course, um, is, said, will you get inbound interest before you put out offers or calls to action? Now, calls to action, if you look at my video from last week, calls to action, there's a spectrum that you should be using, uh, and that can range from putting a comment below through to opt into a newsletter. Mine goes out later today, almost a year, every single week with content like this. If you go to therichardmore.com forward slash newsletter, you can sign up. 
And then other calls to action, which are things like buy now or, or things like that. It's quite extreme. You have to earn the right to do that kind of thing. And certainly what I would say is that it makes sense to get inbound interest before you go ask for things. And um, I found it to be tremendously successful to warn the audience both publicly, so give them content that's valuable, and privately, slide into the DMs as, this, as is the term, and you can then pivot to a place where there's a load of trust and familiarity and it's the same process now of positioning yourself as someone who is familiar to people. That's where the trust really comes from. And then the receptivity begins to grow for you and then by proxy, there will be receptivity for your services or products. And there's a lot of ifs, but that's why we work the volume play. If there's enough people, if there's someone there who happens to need what you have on offer, you're in. Simple as that. There are plenty of people who I'm really close with who have a service that I will never buy because I'll never really need it. But if I did, I would. Do you see what I mean? It's the same as well for other friends and, and close people I, I work with that if I did need something, and, and in fact I have, um, I employ their services as simple as that. So, it, you know, you, you never know when someone's going to need you and you never know, you know, if they're going to need your service. So you've got to stay meaningful and relevant to that audience. So keeping them warm is part of this continuous play to pick off inbound leads. Many, much of the time it's for when, when they're ready. But to answer your question directly, Reese, there's nothing wrong with throwing out a call to action there. It does tend to help a lot. In, uh, in getting people um, uh, to, to do something for you. So a great example is on Facebook, in my group, in the past, I've done things like, um, you know, uh, I remember one New Year's offering a, uh, um, a price on one of my courses and everyone's jumping in. But, you know, I built a load of momentum and value behind that so that there was kind of a bit of a cash out, if you like, and people jumped in. Everyone did well out of it. The course was fantastic. It was my basics of sales course. So they got it at a great price. You know, there was a inbound and a income for me. And it's a good test of who's interested, at least in spending a tiny amount of money on a low ticket product, because then they can be potentially converted later on for something else. OK, so that's one way of looking at this uh, is uh, that there are a whole range of call to actions there. Um, if you're just joining in, we're talking about inbound leads, generating inbound leads. Uh, this is Startup Business Q&A episode 159. We are live right now on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. If you're on Instagram right now, why don't you wave hello to Facebook and LinkedIn? If you're on LinkedIn right now, say hi, Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on Facebook, say Hey, LinkedIn. Hey, Instagram. Because <laughs> you're all one big family, right? But also put in the comments where you're watching from, what city you're, interest, you're, you're coming from. You're interested to see you, uh, uh, spe see specifically where you're watching from. Crazy amount of people watching from Europe, which is marvellous. It's quite rare. It's normally in the US. And put in Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay or hashtag Team Live if you're watching live. Over on Instagram, we've got Richman532, who's... Uh, Desperate to join the video, I believe. Um, sorry, my man, this is a one-man show, this particular one. Uh, but hey, nice to see you, and thanks so much for watching. It's a beautiful car in your profile pic. Uh, Chad Evo, good to see you here. You're getting a lot of shout-outs on, on uh, LinkedIn, I see. So I'm excited to um, uh, connect with you some more. Shane Wallace is here. Kath, uh, Katarina Sherman as well. And Victor, thank you. The pronunciation was spot on, was it? That's good. Uh, Malene Viola was in, is in Stockholm as well. And Angel of Love 97 has written the word daddy. So just think about that for a bit. <laughs> Good. So moving on, next question. 
Shweta Tamwa as well. Shweta from LinkedIn right here. So uh, actually from LinkedIn or uh, I don't know. Uh, next question from Daniel Nunes. Richard, the question is no longer why LinkedIn? I kind of agree with you. But how to broadcast a pure signal to posture yourself as a thought leader? Let's be really clear. Let's be really clear. We don't by posture. Hopefully, I'm sure Dan means this because um, he's a good guy and I understand him. He's going to run Phoenix probably let, back into the year. Um, by posture, it's not pretend. It's being you. Uh, okay. Uh, so if you're a thought leader, it's sharing that you are one. How are we uh, to do this, uh, to broadcast a pure signal? My term pure signal isn't necessarily mine, but it's one I kind of use a lot. And the simple idea of it is that pure signal is you're consistently putting out a vibe or talking about what it is you do. Okay, so your content, the voice you have, the you kind of the things you put out there is consistently focusing on putting out your thing, your ecosystem, your space. So, so for me, it's about online engagement. It's about sales. It's about that kind of startup world. It's not about hairdressing or flower arranging or video games. They're not necessarily the things I talk about. So I keep it sweet and tight on that particular signal so that people know what they're showing up for when they when they see my content. Okay, and I think what's essential is is two things, Daniel. Firstly, it's consistency, okay, but it's also frequency as well. Consistently do it, consistently provide content, but you should have some level of frequency. I'm seeing some people, for instance, who I've I've worked with who are, are they're concerned about their lack of traction on a place like LinkedIn. In fact, anywhere else is the same problem. And their issue is that there's you know one piece of content a week. And it dies within 36 hours at best, you know, and if you do really well, you get a bit of a longer tail, but that's kind of it. So what you need to think is like, like I need to put something else in to keep that momentum going because you can drop off radar very quickly. So you don't need to overthink this, Dan. What you need to be saying to yourself is, what is it I do? What's my line of work? OK, and when it's my line of work, I need to be simply saying, right, this is what I focus on. In turn, I simply need to jump into talking about that thing, sharing value in, you know, documents or uh, sharing value in terms of interviewing people or collabing or, or going live, whatever it might be, all against this particular product area. That's the way to work. And I think doing that with frequency. So show up, try and show up every day. And if you don't have content, at least show up in other people's comments, perhaps in groups that are relevant to your space, because then you get start to getting known. You're not going to be known by everyone probably, but you'll get known by a certain body of people. And that's how you start building your kind of position as a thought leader. It's exceedingly difficult to do overnight. I am tiny in the world of thought leadership, but I'd like to think I'm starting to gain some clout. But think about LinkedIn is the platform I've been on the least. You know, it's already it's been like a year and a bit already. It's been a long time, a long time. And so there's a lot of effort going in um, and a lot of time, a lot of patience. So that kind of broadcasting of pure signal is, is important to be doing consistently and frequently, but it also takes time for you to get there. That's the way to look at it. OK, so it's a really good, really good point. I think also remember to add variety, Daniel, because if I'm posting content that's a live stream all the time, the problem with live stream is 85% of all video watched online is <laughs> it's not it's not watched with the sound on. So no captions makes a big difference, right? People aren't going to be paying attention and a lot of people don't come bothered with video. So that might kill out a load of your audience that you could have. 
likewise, if you have big old articles, they work for some people who like to sit down and read articles, but not everyone wants to read that kind of thing. So just think about it. Think about a bit of variety. So for me, there's the audiogram style meme. So just an audio converted with captioning. There's a video, then there's live video, then there's the shorts, then there's the longer videos. These are up to an hour usually. Um, and then we've got articles and we've got short short form and long form content. There's images as well. There's the documents and, and on top of that on places like LinkedIn. All that kind of thing is important to keep doing. And I think that if you if you do that, then you're appealing to different groups of people. That's that's really essential to understand that people may really like your style, they may really like your services, but they will consume in different ways. It's an important way to do things. Okay, so good question. Uh, let's have a look on uh, LinkedIn. There's quite a few people on here watching. Ben Miller, nice to see you here from London. Uh, he's putting LinkedIn, uh, linked for the win. Uh, Craig Smith, good to see you here. Caroline from Florida. Vincent, hello Facebook, hello Instagram. Um, let's announce the winner. So on the Entrepreneur Business Group over on Facebook, we have a winner. And if you're not in the group, you've, got, you've missed out, basically. So you, this is an opportunity for you to check out the group. Go to, um, the, uh, go to Facebook and type in Entrepreneur Business Group and you can see it right there and join in at any time. It's a really good group. I think we're just under, like, a, like 20 or so under, uh, not even that. I think it's almost at now 4,000 followers uh, or, or people in members in the group. So thank you very much, everyone who's joined that. That's completely organic. We joined, we made it like three years ago or something like that. But it's really good fun. And there's, there's giveaways all the time. And this one's $50 was, um, it was at the end of last week, already only a week into August. And the question was, um, who is the person with the best wins uh, this month? So that, So basically people posted in their comments, uh, they were flexing how amazing they'd been in August, how well they'd been doing. And and um, and basically the winner is the one who had the most uh, votes, essentially. So the winner of $50 that goes pings over to you in PayPal um, had a third more votes than second place. Because by end of next, by end of last week, only a week into August, this person had turned 43 given her first group training session on self-talk for success and gained a new business partner that they'd actually met on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and I think a number of other things as well. So congratulations, Alison Bucklin, you win $50. Congratulations to you. Everyone else who jumped in as well, I think there's like dozens of different things people were doing. Some really great flexing going on, a lot of wonderful votes, but you got the most, so uh, you win. Congratulations to you uh, uh, for that. So um, just saying, so you know, if you're joining in a bit later on, especially you guys in the UK, but anyone around the world can watch this. Uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. UK time, that's 1 p.m. Um, Eastern time, uh, we have Entrepreneur Business Live Nottingham with Raf Barron, uh, Kieran Bailey and Rachel Chang. So I'm really excited about seeing um, everyone watching that. If you're not able to attend, you can watch again in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook for free. You can completely, uh, you can join in the live stream from 6 p.m. UK time with me and everyone else for about an hour. So we'll have talks on resourcefulness for startups. That's going to be what the, uh, the talk's all about. Uh, Rachel Chang will be streaming live from uh, Dallas and the other two will be actually live in, in Nottingham. So I'm looking forward to that. A couple more questions. So Jer uh, James Perry has asked, do webinars still have value or do most people roll their eyes and think it's another prolonged sales pitch? Well, it depends. And the difficult thing is it depends on like what you're, what you're focused on and who your audience is. If I was a marketer, and I was 
selling to marketers, so people who work with funnels and people who work with webinars and lead magnets and building that kind of thing, what you tend to find is that those people will look at webinars differently as your classic, just normal, go out there and try and grab any audience for B2C, B2C um, kind of uh, uh, lead magnets like this. The issue you've got is that there is, for some, a stigma attached to it. There is, for some, an aversion to um, webinars because they'll be sitting there saying, well, do you know what? I don't want to, um, I don't want to actually uh, uh, join this because I'm not going to get sold to. And that's the vibe that people have a lot of time. They don't want to see it. And actually, um, they feel that there's, these are vacuous things. And at the end of it, they're going to get just kind of an offer and actually not learn anything. That's the thing you're maybe up against, maybe, depending on what you sell. Because for many, probably the majority, they don't view webinars that way, James, because they haven't been exposed ad nauseum to that kind of thing. If you do webinars in self-development, you're going to get so many people who are, who are like, I don't want to do a webinar because I'm giving up my email. I'm going to get spam. Do you see what I mean? There's this kind of reticence. It's like saying, um, should I put adverts on, on um, TV? Right. If you put ads on TV, those that watch TV all the time are bored by adverts. Those that don't watch TV much, if they did see this ad, they're like, oh, that's quite interesting because it's about exposure and being a bit kind of bored of it. So you're right. Some will eye roll. So I think one hack on this is to be explicit up front about what the actual webinar is doing. So, you know, you could talk about the fact there will be an offer at the end. People like being you being open, but what you could also do is add really simply some clarity about what will happen in the in the webinar. In this webinar, you will learn A and B and C. And what that does is it just gives you kind of crystallizes that they will be getting some benefit. If you're too broad or vague or general, what happens is you get these webinars. If people aren't going to join them because they're like, I just feel it's going to be this vacuous chat. And, you know, the worst part, the worst ones where it's like, 20 minutes of warming them up and your story and all that kind of thing is boring people out of their skull unless some people are very susceptible and, and kind of falling for that kind of thing in, and then the question is do you need those kind of that kind of audience you're potentially running the risk of being a bit boring um uh, to, to people who are uh, who are going to be receiving your uh, reading or uh, watching rather your 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 webinar so you got to watch it i think um I think I think it's valuable to have a shorter webinar for, uh, format. I think it's is a good idea to be really clear that you've got um, particular objectives that they, you know, or particular pieces of information you are going to share in entirety with them, and that perhaps there'll be an offer at the end for an upsell. I think there's nothing wrong with that because people know what they're going to get, and I think you'd probably get more uptake. But here's the other part of that, James, is that I think personally that webinars are, are valuable, but possibly more to a warm audience. So I would offer a webinar myself to um, perhaps to my group or I would offer, offer a webinar to um, a targeted list of people I, I've already been you know, targeting with my content in the past, people who are aware of me, because if it's cold, it may not work. I've tried it. It has. But I feel like you won't get quite the traction you might. That's an important way of looking at this thing. Uh, there's a comment here on from Roger Wilkerson over on Facebook. We do a webinar format with zero upselling the event. Uh, however, they tend to buy from the website within 72 hours. We just focus on a specific thing like behavioral finance or information that we found from deeper dives on the surveys. Yeah, so I think what you're doing is really valuable. You're, what you're essentially saying is, let's use this as a different 
type of content that provides some value. And try and focus the, the webinar on, rather than some long-winded emotional story to get people bought in, because that, it hasn't always worked with certain people, just be really clear. Here's what you're gonna get in the webinar. I will literally talk about A, B, and C, okay? And then people know what they're gonna get. And at the end, should they be interested, there's the upsell if you wish. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. If you give enough value, people will wanna go and check you out anyway. So even if you don't have an upsell or an additional offering at the end, make sure that when they go and check out your profile or go to your website, there are, there's a breadcrumb trail to buy something should they feel inclined to do so, okay? So that's the way I look at it. Um, Roger's added, uh, Laura's added absolutely add the in itinerary. So that's a really good question. Thank you, uh, James. Um, I just think, just bear in mind that, you know, not everything will work for everyone. And yeah, there's a bit of a stigma attached to webinars. And think about it, like, are people gonna really watch it? I think if you're very specific, very specific about what you're gonna be teaching and you're focused on it on a particular hyper niche, people are gonna find value in it and so it still is quite a good way of doing it. But just remember, not everyone has time to sit around for your hour long webinar where for half of it, you're talking about how you went through your rag to riches sob story. It doesn't work unless you're targeting a particular type of people and uh, that type of people will want um, to feel like you are gonna solve their life for them. And it will probably be the case that those people are, are a certain demographic. And so you need to think about whether or not you're actually trying to target them in the first place, okay? So those plays, I believe, had a bit of a golden age in like 2016 or so, but they're perhaps moving away from that now. Doesn't mean webinars don't work, but it's time to refresh or revise how you actually format them, uh, in my opinion. Um, Matt and Gochman, who is, has, uh, has sent a question and he's asked, what are the best pre-frame ads? So a pre-frame ad, so before your ads, your main ads, pre-framing is something going out to warm up an audience, and I do this quite a bit. Best pre-frame ads to generate some hot leads that want to talk with you and feel like they already connected with you. This is really simple. What I do is I put money against content, not money against ads in the sense of them looking or feeling like an ad. I know technically they are an ad and they're constructed in the same way. And you know, they're promoted in the same way and they say sponsored or whatever. However, it is pure content in the sense of it being like any other post I would post uh, and look for organic traffic and engagement from. So what I'm trying to do there is warm people up without any sense of wanting anything in return. However, when people do decide to engage and say, hey, this has been really useful, something like that, there's your hot lead. So the key here is give epic value rather than try and do plays on words to, um, you know, just to try and get someone over the line to buy something. What I'm looking for instead is someone to decide, think about it, you get thousands of views and you only get a small percentage, if, if even a percent, of people who would actually bother to engage or write a comment or, or you know, to like or something like that. All of those people who have had some kind of reaction from a like all the way through to a comment or a reshare or whatever, they are your hot leads. They're people who've decided to go a step further than just consume and nod their head and actually display they've got some interest. And that's the kind of people you should start warming up. Give them a message, thank you, for, thank, thank them for it, then slide into the DMs and take it from there. It's a really good idea um, to, to look at doing it that way. And a nice way of, of stimulating that engagement is 
value-led content, short value-led content that gives people, you know, top five tips or whatever you do or something like that, um, with something that's disruptive that's going to make them want to check it out, so a good subject line or something that there is a bit of a pattern interrupt to, with a call to action. So at the end of it, like, what do you think? Or give me your opinion, or has this been value, or which of these steps is most interesting? Those that engage are the ones that you can start the process of warming up because that's a, a great display of interest and receptivity, and, and that's the ones that I would class them as hot leads personally. Uh, and I, it's crucial, time critical really, you need to jump on that within, as soon as possible really, within minutes, if not the hour or so, because they're, they're kind of there and they remember your content. Don't get back to them a week later, you need to get all over them. So that kind of community management side after the pre-frame ads um, is, in, is important because that's when you can really warm them up and then they get retargeted with the actual ads as well. But warming them up manually and, and working with them as an individual is really exciting because you get so much in return, okay? Uh, good question, uh, Matan. I think um, another thing you could add is proof. So one of my LinkedIn uh, courses video uh, ads has just proof. It's got screen grabs and it's because there's so much chat from, from LinkedIn uh, gurus and experts and it's hilarious. Like I saw someone the other day who connected and was a, is a LinkedIn engagement specialist. And it's like, but no one engages in your stuff. So you don't pretend, you know? And so the first thing I'm looking for, if someone's positioned themselves as, as useful is can they prove it? And, um, and that's the important thing. So I've just got screen grabs uh, for some of mine. So if you go to my website, the landing page as well, <clears throat> I screen grabs from months, like a year ago, I think, but they're still good quality, like great loads of engagement proving I can do it. And, um, and I spoke, I, there was a pitch the other day with someone, I said to them, why don't you just go look at literally every post every day and you'll see that people do pay attention to it. And I think that's important as well. So you, if you have evidence, social proof by way of testimonials, perhaps, and advocates, but also social proof in the form of, or rather just proof in the form of demonstrable evidence you're, you're doing well, really helps. Uh, because then people believe you a bit more rather than you being all talk. Um, that goes a long way. Um, you can position yourself as well with uh, by collabing. That's a really good idea because then you can, you know, if you happen to know someone who's strong in your space, you can do a collab with them and you can kind of piggyback on their on their coattails. For instance, you know, if I'm if I work in investing and I know Warren Buffett, this is an extreme example to prove the point, of course I would like to do a video with him because then it positions me quite well, you see, and I want him saying, yeah, he's quite good. So I've seen a few ads like this and they do pre-frame well. They warn the audience well to then uh, be segmented off for more direct ads. But content that's value-led, perhaps with a strong call to action will help a lot. Hopefully that helps. Cher Jones, good to see you here. I have to, on uh, LinkedIn, have to explore ads and retargeting. Great tips, Richard. Love the social proof idea as well. Little tip on this, if you're on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, is that you can, in fact, in, in Instagram too, is you can download your connections from LinkedIn, right? What you can then do is take those connections plug them into Facebook, into your ads manager, and run ads against a lookalike audience. So what will happen is that link, uh, Facebook will see the, the people you've got, you're connected to, and run ads to similar people. And of course you set parameters, location, age, net worth, income, things like that. And so now 
as long as you've got the right kind of connections following you, you'll be able to send out content to similar people and scale out that way. It's a really nice way of um, making sure that you're getting meaningful traffic against your budget spend on, on your adverts. So something I would I would give you a, 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 a try. Um, uh, yes, collaboration says share. We're due for another collab. We 100% are. And uh, uh, Dot Lung has uh, enjoying the words guru and expert. Yeah, I have problems with them too. Uh, when when they are self appointed, like you know, you should never put the crown on your head. Let others do it for you. Uh, in my opinion. And um, and yes, congratulations again to Alison uh, Buckling who won fifty dollars uh, incentive over on the um, Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. Thank you. Um, Christine Robinson, do you have to have a premium or pro LinkedIn subscription for that? I believe you mean for downloading the uh, the connections to plug into Facebook. No, I don't believe you do. I think uh, go somewhere in settings under your account and you can download. It's like as a CSV file. You can download your connections. I did it without a premium account uh, uh, in the past. No problem at all. Okay, so I, I would I would say it's no problem doing that. Um, if you're joining late, where have you been? We're already what like forty minutes in. <laughs> this is entrepreneur. This is no, it's not. It's a startup business Q and A uh, episode one hundred and fifty nine, week one hundred and fifty nine. We're talking about inbound lead generation today. Uh, we're we're live on Instagram. We're over on YouTube. We're on IGTV later. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, podcast. And we're on LinkedIn. All live as well. Um, and uh, I'm answering your questions today as usual on this. Um, also wanted to say tomorrow, please join us in the Facebook group, Entrepreneur Business Group. Type it into the search bar. It comes right up and uh, you'll be able to see these Entrepreneur Business Live event streaming from Nottingham uh, with Raf Barron, Kieran Bailey and Rachel Chang streaming live. Um, on resourcefulness for startups. So they're going to share some value there. And if you hop over to um, to the group, you'll be able to watch from 6pm UK time. That's one o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time. Also, those uh, arriving late, Shay Robottom, myself and Shani Moret will be all live in Miami on the 26th of September for Entrepreneur Business Live Miami, an inaugural Florida event sponsored by Feral Flicks and Massage by Pro as well. Thank you very much for those of you who are already supporting the event and some people wanting to buy tickets. You can now buy tickets. I'll put in a link soon uh, for that. Uh, as I say, as well as Nottingham tomorrow, we have Melbourne 5th of September, but TBC on a few details. Barcelona 18th of um, uh, September as well. I'll be there for that one. And into October, we have uh, probably, possibly New York. We certainly have uh, San Francisco. That's the 30th of uh, October with Nat Rizzo and Jonathan Javier. Uh, and possibly someone else that I'm not going to announce yet because he's technically not uh, confirmed. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep leave you uh, uh, in suspense for that. But very exciting uh, events coming before the end of the year, including a few other locations too. Uh, let's do two more questions before we finish. George Hughes. Have I done this one? Yeah, I haven't. George Hughes, I've already answered your question, I think. Have I answered your question? I think I have. Uh, let's do one more. Sam Lister. I'll do two more. Sam Lister. Yes, dude. That's how you start questions. Yes, dude. What type of content pa uh, performs best for generating these inbound leads? For me, let's be useful. For me, it's video. And the reason why, the reason why is important around psychology. If you look at it in, in terms of sales, sales relies on someone deciding subconsciously first to be receptive 
to the seller, not on how great the product is. If you dig the person, you want to be interested in their product if you need their product, okay? If uh, Apple had a terrible reputation, if they were, you know, being fined all the time, had major problems with slavery and drug misuse and everything you can imagine, so, like reputation in tatters, people wouldn't buy the phones that are precisely the same as if they have a really good reputation. It is the reputation of the person that matters first. That reputation is in the eye of the beholder. So they're only keen on you if you are the kind of person that's going to resonate with them. And on a human level, they need to want to like you. And that has to start by having a sense of who you are. So it's hard when you write because of authors or writers will massively disagree with me, but I'm right. <laughs> if you are writing text only to a receptive audience, of course, you have a wonderful way with words and you can really deliver something that's going to be exciting for them in the same way as a known exciting author. When they release, release a book, people want to read all their book. And so it's very vivid and they enjoy the process of uh, enjoying all of this wonderful prose. However, that can only happen if there's an initial receptivity to that person in the first place, which comes about because you happen upon the book and read it and think they're amazing or a recommendation from a friend. So social proof. But really, it is about do they think you're cool or interesting or, or stimulating or valuable on an intellectual level first or, a, or an emotional level or, you know, are you funny? Are you stimulating? Whatever it might be. Get that right. And they will want they will want to check you out more and look at you in terms of inbound leads. The reason, therefore, why video works so well is on a human level, the consumption of you as a person and more importantly, the checking of if you're a psycho and weird or if you're really interesting and on their wavelength can be audited or can be done so much faster and more effectively. If I purely wrote text only, some people would consume it because they dig text and they would get into me and they're like, I really like this person. I might be hilarious, right? So they might like my copy and absolutely that can work. But it's a quicker way to engage with new people, to bring them to a place where they're like, I like this person face to face. Now, face to face is in, in effect, in, inefficient. It's very effective, but it's inefficient because I can't go and meet you all. Okay, I'm trying, but I can't. But, but broadcasting like this through video or through live allows me, like right now, across platforms, well over a hundred people are consuming this content. And it's fine because 70% might be like, he's a bit of a weirdo, I don't really like him that much, or I've got a problem with English people. But there'll be enough that are like, I quite like this, this is quite useful, I can, I can consume it in, in a way I want to, I like video. But I also like the way what thing he's talking about. That's important to me. Uh, I speak English, therefore, you know, it works for me too. It could be little things like that. But the point is, if they like me enough, the receptivity is there. So video makes sense. Now, what you also need to look at is what other what platforms is there a large amount of engagement and good out or 
easier to work algorithms. You might look also at what types of content on top of say video because of the effectiveness of engaging with humans, but other types of content get you good bandwidth. For instance, uh, if I put a document onto LinkedIn, their new document tool has been around like what, five, six months, um, it will do really well because they have exceptionally large bandwidth dedicated to that particular medium of content. So that the, the, the uh, um, document I put out on Friday on LinkedIn, it went to like 35,000 views within a day or so. But that's just that that particular type of tool. Uh, if you do images, like I, I will probably get double the views on an image than I would with video. I do both because I get the people going, oh, that's interesting and checking out. More people will see video, uh, the images, but then some of those will also see my videos and, and the video is the way in which I can really get to them uh, a lot uh, easier. So I'm doing a bit of everything, Sam. And yeah, you should see what works for you. But really, if there's no visual, then people don't feel like they can get as familiar with you as, or they won't be able to get as familiar with you as soon as, as, as they might. And so I think it's important to, to leverage that. People by people is the, is the cliche phrase. And what it means is they need to have a sense of who you are. And people can form that sense of who, who you are by seeing and consuming you. It's as simple as that. So that's what works for me. Um, hyper niche. So focus on the thing you talk about, as you do really well. You talk about video production uh, and a lot of kind of self-awareness around that as you, you document your climb, as you build your, your video uh, business as well, Sam. Um, but... You know, what I've talked about is a longer play, but to get inbound leads, you need to be very clear that you focus on this particular thing and you're doing regularly. So I, I mentioned this earlier with frequency and consistency, but also you need to be very, very focused on uh, making sure you are getting yourself over to an audience as much as is possible. People say is one of the most annoying words in marketing is really cute, overused and underexplained is being authentic. Can't stand it. Um, but but basically, being authentic, what it really means is is not pretend pretending to be someone else. Uh, just getting on with it and being yourself. So I sit down, flick on live, and just press go, and then I run the show. That's how I do this particular type of content, rather than you know sitting outside next to a Ferrari that I've hired for the day and pretending to be someone else I'm not. That can work to bring in the wrong type or a type of audience that potentially is fairly gullible and not necessarily who I'm trying to target anyway. But what I am trying to do is is just broadcast me because then because I mean it's important that if I'm going to work consistently over the long term I only want the people who are into me to follow me because that's what I care about really. So that's that's important. Broadcast yourself plenty use video because it accelerates people's feeling of having a sense of who you are. If you can get that right, the receptivity, or, or rather their, they will, their receptivity to be receptive will, will, will start to occur and, and trust will come through time because of familiarity. It's crazy, seriously. The more people just see you, the more you become familiar, obviously. And weirdly, that alone creates trust. It's crazy. Honestly, that's like my um, a lot of my ads will retarget and retarget and retarget because the cold traffic after a while gets used to seeing me. And eventually they're like, who is this guy? <laughs> Come on. So they check it out and they're like, OK, I'm used to I'm used to the face. I'm used to the voice. I'm used to the kind of uh, text. I'm used to the brand uh, colors and things like that. And after a while, familiarity turns into receptivity and then they might just might decide to actually send you a message or write something. And if they do you then jump in. 
don't wait. Just I want to add this is a big takeaway from today's session. The inbound lead isn't always someone going, hey, can I buy one of your products, please? It can be, but that will always be a tip of the iceberg compared with people like, hey, I like this, or that was good, or, you know, nice post, or they just tag one, like I had one last night on a, on a post, several times people just tag their friend and that's it. No message, just tag me as if to say, come and have a look at this. And that alone is a great inbound lead because there's someone showing interest. And so start a conversation. Oh, I thought I would tag my friend, they'll say, because I found this quite useful uh, because we both work together in a sales company, for instance. Oh, you do? Tell me about it and we're off. You see what I mean? So sometimes a warm or an inbound lead can be the uh, spark of a fire where you start uh, engaging with people in, in conversations. Hopefully that helps. Um, let's look at some of the comments on LinkedIn because I've neglected you for the last five minutes. Belinda, uh, hey girl, to share Joe's miss you, but love your lives, absolutely. Uh, Brandy Holloway, nice to see you on here. Hi Richard, uh, and Psycho Giggle Snort from, <laughs> from Emily. Well, I'll read all those later. Um, so let's do one last question. Lee Lam over here in the UK has asked, uh, thanks for reminding me, Richard, because I reminded her that I've got live today. I'm going to tune in for sure. I hope you did uh, and see this. Uh, by the way, if you're watching, put in hashtag team live and where you're watching from or hashtag team replay so uh, I can see if you're watching a bit later on and thank you for it. My question would be around quantity, how much content to produce to generate leads, but not so much that it can be assumed that you have given all that is needed. This is a bit of a, uh, a myth about how um, you should kind of hold back a little bit of content. You don't want to give it all at once or don't give it all, all together because otherwise you're going to give away all the, all the secrets or you're going to give away everything you, that, that people need so they'll never actually bother buying from you. It doesn't work like that. If you continually give, give people all your good stuff, they'll love it. And what happens is people want to stick about, stick around because you're continually giving them great value and if often they'll buy from you the same thing you've already talked about but it's because it's packaged in a neater way so for instance if you had the energy to sit and watch all of my content from linkedin over the past year and a bit you would move to a place where probably you'd have enough to or you'd have more than enough but you'd, you'd get all of the takeaways pretty much from the basics of linkedin course but that's a lot of effort when you can just go to the course, buy the package, you know, and it's done for you. It's an hour and a half. You listen to the whole thing, you're in. And I think that that that's the point. Like you continually broadcast all of the value that you're going to be otherwise offering anyway, and that can really help. But you're talking also about quantity, and I don't think there's a limit. I genuinely don't think you can give too much. I do think you can be mindful about when you put out the next post. Another example of algorithmically speaking, it being a bit weird on say LinkedIn is. I've found, although previous posts can still do okay, it's almost like when you put a new post on top of the pile, that previous one dies and you, you know, that's the end of it. Not entirely, but slightly. So what I tend to find is after 24 hours, it's time for the new one. After 24 hours, it's time for the new one and so on and so on. And if a post's doing really, really well, I'll just kind of leave it a bit and then I'll post afterwards because otherwise, you know, I'm kind of killing the, the traffic on one uh, and, and so that kind of affects my quantity levels on other platforms. And really, it's not the case entirely. I, I don't think there's a problem with a high volume. So kind of the answer is as much as is possible. However, if you have a problem with volume because of size of your team and maybe it's just yourself um, uh, or time constraints, don't feel you need to be on all platforms. Ideally, you're, all, you're in all places, but if, if you're 
seriously constrained, the better thing to do is to say, right, instead of trying to be on all platforms, I'll be on the ones that are super relevant right now and get traction. Do, do a few really well, rather than doing them all really, really poorly, and provide the volume of, of content for those particular co uh, platforms. I do post on YouTube, but really my main platform is LinkedIn uh, and Instagram and, and Facebook tied as a very close second. And I kind of operate on those and leave the rest. I don't really do Twitter anymore because I, I mean, people are like, that's ridiculous, you should be doing it. And of course, of course, but you have to choose. You know, you have to get to a point where it's like, but like, if there's not the bandwidth for it, then that's not going to happen. So hope that helps us a, a, a bit. What I would say, Lee, Lee as well, is that it, the continual delivery of content um, to to um, to generate leads is the way. It's the kind of the key. You need to. You've got to remember. You see that some people will see one piece of content and that will be enough for them. For them, some people will see will need like nine months worth of content for them to be in the right place, even just mentally that you're trustworthy enough because of their worldview that people online are untrustworthy or, or they've had a, they've been burnt in the past, for example. So with that in mind, you need to be thinking like, I have to be consistent because otherwise I might just stop one day when someone needed to see me. It keeps you on everyone's radar as well. Okay, so that's, that's the way I'd look at it. Um, I wanna finish up by saying thank you so much for everyone who was watching. If you're watching in the replay, hashtag team replay, do pop in um, your question if you have one. And I'll try and get back to it. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Tomorrow, it's live from Nottingham at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. UK time. Uh, Rachel Chang, Kieran Bailey and Raf Barron talking about resourcefulness uh, as with startups in Entrepreneur Business Live. Tickets are now available for Entrepreneur Business Live Miami on the 26th of September with Shay Rowbottom, Shane Murray and myself. And we'll be talking about um, uh, video content for business. So do join us there. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing uh, whoever wants to show up. But again, that'll be live in the Entrepreneur Business Group. So cheerio for now. I'll see you later um, on Instagram. And thank you very much for listening on the podcast, for IGTV, for YouTube, 